Welcome to the Vigor Life Podcast, a source of inspiration, lessons, stories, skill sets, mindsets, and strategies to invigorate and expand all areas of your life. Let's go. Boom. What's going on? Coach Luca here with the Vigor Life Podcast. We're actually in the same space, but we're turning the tables, <laughs> as one may say. Here. Taking over my spot, yeah, man. I, I came in here and just I'm 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 running this place right now. The setup's too nice. So James can resist now. Now I can go to James and go like, Hey, man, listen, uh, give me water. Go do this. <laughs> <laughs> but I was, th- you know, I was thinking about man. It's been actually it was episode six or seven. Yeah, man. So like this, we're coming up on. Uh, my goal is to get to 100 that is before crazy. the end of the year. So we're, we're about seven away. Um, I have so, been far less efficient with my podcast. I know. This is going to be. <laughs> I had like a two-year break, and now <laughs> now I've put out two episodes within the past couple of weeks. Right, let's, let's keep this going. The trying to keep the momentum going. Oh, but So 90 episodes later. Wow, this is pretty crazy. And I was thinking about when I was, when, I was, uh, when we set it up, I said, man, like what? we have so many topics that we could talk about. But. You know, since then, um, you know, you've had a couple of, couple more world championships. Not, not a big <laughs> deal, you know what I mean? Um, but also, also in that time frame, um, the the dojo has continued to grow very, very successfully to a degree. That I, I, is it is it the, the biggest uh, BJJ studio in, in Washington as far as, like, the membership? I don't know what everybody else's numbers are, but I would say it's up there. It's up there, right? Yeah, it's got to be. It's got to be in the top, top two or top three. Yeah. So I mean, it basically, uh, incredible place as far as the uh, the training goes, but the business as well, the culture, and everything. So my thought process was, all right, well, because this is what I love talking about, is the principles of you know success because I think there's a lot of carryover. By the way, right? We've both, uh, I would say done sports on a high level whether it was uh, for me it was basketball and and playing pro and for you obviously it's is jujitsu and um you know the things that like what are the characteristics and the values and the skill sets that you need for both when it comes to uh you know obviously building a successful business or career for anybody that's listening that's like well i don't have a business I don't think it matters, honestly. Like, no, I, it all I, translates it, to it life. It all translates exactly, and I and I think in in many ways you are the business of you. You know, if uh, you're always two things, you're always the business of you, and you're always a part of a team. I don't care, you know, absolutely. If, even if you're an individual sport, you're a part of a team. And so, you know, what are the things that have, um, you know, and I'm, I might put you in the spot here, but I th- I think you'll have some some good answers here. As <laughs> like that have helped you, you know be uh like the best in the world at jujitsu but also you know become very successful in the business of of jujitsu which how you know or should i say co- you know the business of coaching also, right, right right um and actually there's three things like the athlete part of it the coach part of it and the business part of it and like what's that line that runs through that and the characteristics skill sets and the values that you believe are necessary you know, to be able to achieve whatever a person wants in their life, regardless. I think there's an underlying thread through all of those things, and I don't, I don't like to make a big distinction and, and have those things be separate. I think a big part of it is being authentic. And when I say authentic, I'm not just meaning to be authentic to others, but also being authentic with yourself. Um, and to realize that you're not perfect, I think the the path to 
perfection, the first step on that path is realizing that none of us are perfect and we're probably never going to be perfect. Uh, if you try to portray yourself in a manner of perfection at all times, it's a it's an unattainable goal. Uh, the best that you can do is to uh, be authentic and carry yourself in a respectful manner. So for me, I think very much uh, leading from the front is something that's been very important for me and not uh, expecting my students to do anything that I wouldn't be willing to do myself. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of people who, who their, their name is on the academy, but they're not present within the academy. So I think being present both as a coach, um, being active as a competitor to me is important because how am I going to have somebody compete at a high level and be able to coach them efficiently if I don't understand what that's like? You know, how am I going to teach you or, or prepare you to go compete in the world championships when I've never competed in the world championships? It's not to say that there aren't world-class coaches who don't compete because there are a lot of world-class jiu-jitsu coaches who have never competed a day in their life. But I think you can bring a little something more to the, the table if you have that authentic experience to where you've gone in and experienced the things that you're trying to help them navigate and get through. I certainly think that the positioning of it is there. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Because I think the person can go like, well, I know he understands because I've seen him go through right. it. And like, hey, and I know he went and he failed. And yeah. you can talk about all the years. That, and like, how am I going to tell you, like, you come to me, you know, coach, I'm, I'm, I get so nervous before I compete. Like, how do I manage that? What do I do? then I've never learned how to manage that myself. How am I going to efficiently teach you how to manage your nerves and, and teach you about mental training and all these tools that I've utilized to help myself in that scenario? It, it's, it's more difficult uh, not having those tools to impart and share and pass along to your students. Um, so for me, going and competing, that's not really what drives me. That's not the reason I, I train. Um, but I, I like to test myself. So through going in there and, and testing myself and going through all the highs and lows, I've acquired certain tools for dealing with certain things, both from a technical aspect as well as a mental game aspect and, and as well as uh, help utilizing those things to help me become a better coach. It's almost uh, like markers along the way, right? Like, I like you practice – and then there's something that you got to do right. to see if your practice is working. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. And I think that goes, I mean, I, like in, in, the, in, I would say business, you see if stuff's working every month because yeah, you're like, you oh, see, shit. Yeah, you look, right? at, look at that bank account. Yeah, look you'll at the know, bank right? account. Or like, you know, are we losing people? Are we gaining people? Or thinking is, in the regard of business, like being genuine. And honestly, I believe 150% in what we do here and I believe in the power of this to help others and to help people uh, be able to use the principles of jiu-jitsu the pr principles of martial arts to improve other areas of their life um, and I believe in the value of what we offer here so for me I don't feel bad uh, when I'm coming up with what our pricing is and all these different things because honestly like I could have the most expensive monthly rate in the world and I still feel we offer more value than what that numeric uh, figure represents 
And I'm totally cool with that. Like, I, I, yo, I, I want to unwrap that, though. Yeah. It's an important point that you're bringing up bec- for a couple reasons. Because somebody might be listening to that and going like, yeah, but I don't feel that way. Right. Right. And I think that getting to that point, there's a, nu- a, a couple of things that, that, you know, you've spent a lot of time practicing, acquiring those skills, investing yes. in yourself. That's, that's made you feel like that, number one. Number two, uh, you know, uh, Martin, we, who were just we were just talking about a little bit ago, but it's like he, you know, one of the uh, the values that I believe in so much is enthusiasm, right? You know? And the the last part of enthusiasm is I A S M, right? That's how it feels. And it's, right. He says what that stands for is I am sold myself. Yeah, absolutely. Right? And you're if so you, sold yourself. Yeah. If you don't believe in your in your product you call this a, a product it's so much more than that with martial arts Absolutely. or or with you know health and fitness too um but if you don't believe in your own product you are not going to be genuine in your sale of that product or in uh in your business within your business feeling good about uh how you operate things and you're going to feel like a salesman and and feel shady like you're trying to sell people on why they should train like the proof of why you should train here is come in and try a class and you'll know why you should train here Mm -hmm. and for some people maybe it's not the right vibe the right fit just like anything else that's the beautiful part about uh brazilian jiu-jitsu now is there's so many different options of where to train that each individual can find the the family that they fit in with because jiu-jitsu and martial arts training especially Brazilian jiu-jitsu with as close quarters as we are at all times with the training. Very important to find a a group of people that you vibe with well. Um, And nowadays, you know, unlike when I started, where there was just one place to train at at any any given period of time here in Washington, now people could train, you know, you go to five minutes down the road or less than five minutes, there's, there's a school like a mile up the road from here. There's another school three miles, like you have all the options in the world to, to find that good fit. Um, you, you know, what's incredible though. Like I, I love your, because at no point in time did you uh, go like, Oh, you know, now there's all these schools. It's like, you're no. actually excited about the fact that yeah, it's I grown think so much. And, and you make such a great point. You know, I think I say the same thing for Viggy Brown. I actually tell people, I say, Hey, like, you know, when we do our, our trial or our results in advanced program, which is you know kind of risk-free is like, we want you to experience it. Like we believe that we'll, you know, you'll love it here. But some people don't. Yeah, some it's people don't. A, it's not the fit, and it's not like there's nothing wrong with you or us or anything. Like there just might be a better fit for yeah. you. Yeah. And you know, and that's the same thing with jujitsu. They might be like, man, I really like you. I really like this dojo. I just like I don't feel like it's the best fit. Yeah, or some people like honestly because I feel we have like I always say we have a real like a family friendly atmosphere here and a, a real open atmosphere, like um, supportive of anybody that comes through the doors, regardless of race, religion, sexual orientation, doesn't matter, politics, whatever. Like this is the sanctuary. When you walk through the, the doors of the academy, this is your your place to escape all of that and all the, the things that come along with those labels within the real world. So this is like, I look at maintaining this atmosphere to be in a manner where everybody feels comfortable coming in. Everybody's treated with respect right out the gate. Um, I don't believe in the whole respect is earned 
adage. Yeah, I agree with I, you. I honestly think you, you got to give it. Treat people with respect out the gate, and until they give you a reason to do otherwise. Um, which I'm for still, value I'm number st- nine of Vigor Ground is respect. Still, baby. still waiting for the hammer to drop on that with you. You know, you're on thin ice. But. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just seeing how far you like live this thing, <laughs> not showing you any respect. But. Um, you know what's funny about that though is what I started with my original thought as I break my own equipment here. Um, there's actually people who don't like that friendly atmosphere. Agreed. Yeah, and yep. maybe you don't realize it um, out the gate with them, but sometimes, like maybe somebody just comes in and you, and you thought they were into it, and then they disappear, and then you kind of think about your interactions with them and watching their interactions with the other students. And it's like something that makes them uncomfortable. And to me, that says more about them than it says about what we do here. Like that's a little uh, inside look uh, of things they're dealing with. And that's another reason you go, you have to treat people uh, with kindness and treat them well out the gate because, you know, we're all fighting battles that nobody can see. So I don't pass any judgment on them. It's just maybe they're not in a place in their life where they're uh, willing or ready to receive that type of uh, kindness and, and respect and everything, and they need to look for more of a of a what they would consider a hardcore place to train. Or that's a you know, great. Some point. people just like to grind too. You know, yeah. maybe maybe the whole camaraderie and all that isn't what they're looking for. They're looking to to try to kill each other every role and you know, be the, be the champion of the gym, but. And that's the, man. that's the thing is like, you don't, you never know, you know, to make, to make a point. I think that's a great point because sometimes like, we've had that happen when people will leave and then come back. Yeah. Once they've, they go like, ah, you know, I went other places and like, everybody was really nice here and whatnot. Right. Yeah. But there are people that have a belief system and it's like, man, I'm, I remember having a strategy session with one person going like, man, I noticed that like, nobody's like, lifting crazy heavy 500 600 pound deadlifts rip them off the floor and yeah right that was legitimately what he said and i'm like well yeah like everybody's got their own program like yeah these people don't group training these people have their own programs like nobody here is trying to power lift 700 yeah pounds like they're trying to feel better move better now we got some people that are doing that we got some super high level pro athletes that but everybody's got their thing and I could tell the conversation i legit was like yeah hey, i don't know if this will be the best fit for you, you and know, that's like, the thing like don't get it twisted. Like we grind in here, no, absolutely. But you can't grind all the time, and that's something that experience has taught me in regard to training. If every training session is a grind, those are the people you see that don't continue jujitsu for, for decades. For decades, same. It's, you know, it's crazy. So, like, it's yeah. all we, we, me and Faruja talk about this all the time because training is the same way. And if and today I do have a lot of different thoughts around training, right? Mm-hmm. Because in my twenties, I mean, I. You know, give me a barbell and I'll eat it. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. Like if you're like, dude, they eat this barbell, you get stronger, and you know, and you'd crush yourself. And you're like, oh, I'm fine right now. Yeah, right, of course, because you did, you couldn't see the future, right? Yeah, my and, my approach to jujitsu in the beginning versus now definitely evolved. You know, when I was first coming up training, like all of the the instructors, they were straight out of Brazil, and very much when it was the killer be killed. You have to represent jujitsu with your life. Uh, you have to compete. <laughs> if you lose, you're a failure. You let the team down. I mean, this was the type of vibe. And back in the day, every class was a grind, and every class was like uh, preparation for a world title type of training to where you were you were 
competing against each other within the gym. In fact, there's a, a funny video of of Thaddeus and I <laughs> that you got to remind me to send you the link to of us having an in-school tournament and Thaddeus and I were against each other in the final. So I'll have to send you the link. It's Please pretty, send me that. It's I, pretty cool. I, but, you know what? Is, is when me and Thad were rolling, uh, I feel like that was the atmosphere every <laughs> Friday he came down to Vigor when uh, – this you is still fun. Dad's listening to this. You, you he, just brought it out in him. That's I, I, all. You have I, a way I of bringing that out. He's in such people. a nice guy, and every time we rolled, he just the darkness would come out. Um, <laughs> but back in the day, you know, classes were. And I sound like an old person. Back in my day, <laughs> but we're talking, you know, uh, over twenty three years ago when I started, yeah. and the classes were two hours long. So generally, jujitsu classes nowadays are an hour to to ninety, 90 minutes, minutes yeah. long, depending on the the academy and the format of the class and everything. But back then, two hours minimum, we would do the first hour was all conditioning, calisthenics, uh, ab work. One of my first coaches, his thing was we had to do uh, 500 to 1,000 reps of abs and different ab exercises minimum every class. So the minimum was 500, but usually we did 1,000 broken down into 50 reps of each exercise that he would have us do. And then we would do a lot of running, a lot of road work type of stuff. We were right off the inner urban uh, trail in Tequila, so sometimes the warm-up was going out and running on the trail before class. And and then, uh, honestly, back then, it was like very minimal uh, drilling of technique. It was maybe like... 10, 15 minutes of drilling a move and then, and then sparring to <laughs> straight to war, you know, trying to kill each other. So um, this, this was what I came up with. But through that, I learned a lot of lessons that I would take and apply to my own academy and learn from the mistakes, if you will, because I saw a lot of people come and go due to that type of training. I saw a lot of people get scared off right away, you know, because come in and you're going to do an hour of working out before you even start learning jujitsu, you know, conditioning people can do conditioning outside of the jujitsu Academy. So you would see a lot of people come in, couldn't complete the workout, disappear and you never see them. And I remember my instructors like, man, I don't understand. Like we have all these people coming in, but they're not, they're not enrolling. It's like, I said, Hey, the hour of conditioning. (laughs) I go, man, these guys have to go to work tomorrow, you know, like they're, they're not uh, professional competitors. Mm. And I tried to, to relay to him like, no, this is like, save that for after they're on board, like, or they work their way up to that type of workout. If you hit them with that out the gate, you're going to scare your, your average person away. So only the, the psychos like me and Thaddeus, (laughs) (laughs) people like that stuck with it, right? Back then it kind of it kind of uh, attracted more maybe people who are a little more hardcore. And, and, and uh, I guess one of the nice things about that is that it really did filter out a lot of the really dedicated people because yep. I would say uh, a large portion of those people who, who went through that still train today. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think we all learned and took away things on uh, some elements of how to not do things within our own academies and then also some good principles on, on stuff to do. Yeah. You mix it up a little bit. And you definitely learn how to work hard. That's yeah, for I mean, sure. There's a, there's a lot of positives to it. There's you can, a ton you can of positives. Throw, the thing is, and you can by, never by, throw out the baby with the bathwater. Yeah, it was not. And it was not. Um, 
let's say this, I would not be who I am as a coach or uh, an instructor, uh, whatever you want to call it. In jiu-jitsu, there's a lot of different terms thrown around just so people don't get confused. Like, I go by coach, but you'll hear a lot of people um, refer to their jiu-jitsu instructor as their professor. If, yep. they're, if they're a yep. black belt, they, they say professor. That that just means teacher in, in Brazilian Portuguese, so it's basically saying you're a teacher. Um, I've always gone by coach. My students call me coach or professor. I, mm-hmm. I don't mind as long as everybody's respectful. I don't, I don't really care what you call me. Uh, my ego isn't so big that I need to be put up on a pedestal and worship like a godlike figure, so... At least not yet. I haven't, <laughs> I haven't got to that point yet. We got a while to go, but we're we're getting there. But um, no, you definitely uh, take away things that you can use in a positive manner um, to help your students, uh, both with the good and the bad. And then from a business side of things, just seeing like little things like that, like man, you're scaring the new people off right out the day one. Because, well, because you've seen this, right? Like, you've yeah. seen places that are like, man, we're the real deal, right? But you're going out of business. Mm-hmm. Because you got you to gotta ask yourself, who are you there for? You know, and are you there for to be hardcore? Um, or are you there to teach the, the art of jiu-jitsu? And, and obviously how it portrays the life and get people to be more confident and fitter and yeah. whatever else. And I would argue that you can do all of those Correct. things. Correct. No, I, I, I completely agree with you. Yeah. Um, but it has to, you have to look from a different perspective, exactly. though. You know? um, and you have to have those experiences. Absolutely. Going back to what mm. we were talking about before. In order to be able to do that, to to make, I I want to bring this back because I, I wrote a post the other day, um, because it I, I legit have now been in the gym for twenty five years and I've never I've never taken more than two weeks off even That's with some awesome. insane injuries you know and yeah, I was like yeah. I still in, I feel you on that yeah and, and I know you've had a, a lot of that too but you you are a person that I look at and go like man you have all of these and I said you know to to be great at this is you got to have knowledge you got to have the knowledge of it so in from you know whether that's certifications or courses or learning or whatever else right that's one then you got to have the experience right wisdom you know doing the stuff and failing or learning or whatever it is then you got to have the results and the results i think not just i think for yourself you got to have some results like you're yeah. your product of your product like right. let's be real and 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 so am i right and, but also results with your clients Results with yourself. And then the last one is longevity, right? Been there, done that, still doing it. Yes. And, and, and for me, it's like that changes. So while I, you know, maybe I'm not doing some of the stuff I was doing when I was younger, um, I still want to be fit for whatever that is for me today. Just like, you know, you want to be great at what you are today. Um, but also it's like learning from all this. Like longevity to me is like, Hey man, like you know what? I'm not gonna deadlift two, three days a week, super heavy. That's not a smart thing. Or yeah. squat, or, or or hey, I'm gonna the sequencing of exercises, dynamic one, just understanding of all this joint positions and like, hey, this probably isn't good if I want to be in it for the long term. But I think that those four are the things that you gotta have is like knowledge, experience, results, and longevity. To for me to be like, all right, like. I'm, I'm going to listen to you. Right, you know I mean? right. Like, no, not to I, say you I can't totally learn from everybody, agree. but... Um, no, and you definitely can learn from everybody. I think that's important for people in an instruction, uh, an instructor's role to understand if you think you're the end-all and be-all, 
and and you can't learn from everyone, you're just going to limit your overall growth. And you see that a lot, unfortunately, to where um, I personally know, like, there's a lot of people, a lot of black belts that won't go to seminars and won't receive information they should be open to in, in a manner with which I believe they should, mm-hmm. just to become as complete as possible. And for me, if, if the information is good, I want to take it in. I want to I want to take the things that the elements that I like and that work well for me and apply them to my game, and continue to evolve. Um, I think a big part of it is is ego because once you reach a certain level within jujitsu or within anything, you start to try to portray yourself, especially if you are in a position where you're teaching and you have a following, you have students, a lot of people get caught in the pitfall of feeling the need to portray themselves like they know everything. Like they have all the resources and they they know or, or our way of doing things is the only way, this is the best way. There's no best way. No. And right. it's, it's almost like, well, I don't want to be embarrassed, but, you know, embarrassed by, I don't know, like listening to somebody that's, lesser and lower to me but man you know what's crazy I, man, I i learned stuff from white belts yeah man i was just gonna bring it up i know we <laughs> talked about this yeah. before and you're like man i see something because here's the thing how like i study a ton right but the thing is there's no way i can study everything there is to study no and imagine like somebody just comes in they just read a book or took a course i don't know they're 21 years old and they're like oh man i just went through this thing and i i haven't right and i'm like oh tell me what's the biggest lesson you learned from like show me some stuff Bam, like I might just have learned something exactly. from that. Because if I have an empty cup and, you know, but that's the biggest thing, right? Like if you don't have, if you're, if you care more about being better than you do about being right or being the man, that's how you become the best. Right? Yeah. I always say the more you think you know, the less you actually know. <laughs> like yeah. You're like, oh, I know everything. Like, no, because you've limited yourself into what you're taking in. Mm-hmm. You know uh, certain things within your own sphere, but you're not going outside of that in in continuing to try to evolve and grow. Like, for instance, within the jiu-jitsu world, there's this big divide between people who train with the gi and with the uniform and people who train without the uniform. And right now, uh, no gi jiu-jitsu, jiu-jitsu without the uniform is like really, really popular because there's a lot of pro events that pay a lot of money and there's a lot of uh, really popular people on the scene right now in that uh, category in the no-gi division. And so that's like gaining popularity again. And it's, uh, it's funny because when I came up, there wasn't the, a term for that. There wasn't the term no-gi. It was, it was just jiu-jitsu. It was jujitsu or grappling. So literally when we would do those two-hour classes and we do the crazy workout and then we do the little bit of technique and kill each other sparring, after the class finished after two hours, we would take our gi tops off and we would roll for another 30 to 60 minutes without the gi top, and that was no gi. <laughs> but we didn't look at it as this big different thing. Yeah. Um, and kind of where that stemmed from is, is from when uh, – Eddie Bravo beat Hoyler Gracie in the ADCC, and that was like a, a huge shift to, to where Eddie went and, and uh, started his own system, started his school kind of uh, very smartly off the success of that, off yeah. of beating one of the Gracies, and and uh, 
because back then it was like, man, those guys are unbeatable type of thing. So it was a huge deal. Um, so he was very smart. He went in and, and started a, a school that was only Nogi. Tenth Planet, right? Tenth Planet. Yeah. And he's done amazing. Yeah. Um, and then there's just became, I think, through marketing and, and all these different things, it was like, oh, which is better? Because that's the natural, oh, which is better? I think you need to do everything. It, uh, if you, I saw a funny meme. Uh, I don't know who the guy is. I think he's a political guy, but he's has that. It's you see the meme all the time where the, somebody's sitting at the table and then the sign says, you know, da 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 da, change my mind yeah, yeah, on it, yeah. right? Somebody did one the other day where it said, if your uh, belt level drops two or three levels when you take on or put uh, take off or put on the uniform. Your jujitsu sucks. Change my mind. <laughs> That's kind of my opinion. Like if your jujitsu all of a sudden doesn't work because you take off the gi, you don't know how to grapple anymore. Your jujitsu sucks. You need to be trying to be well-rounded. So for me, like a contro controversial topic for gi jujitsu people is leg locks. I call it the dark arts, right? All these <laughs> leg locks because they're not allowed in a lot of the gi jujitsu tournaments. Yeah. I love that stuff, man. Yeah. I want to learn it all inside and out. And, and, and anything that's good, anything that works, and anything that can make me uh, well-rounded and better in the long run is going to make my students better in the long run as a result of that because I have a deeper understanding of all things grappling-related. And if they run into a certain situation, like it's funny, the, the last uh, fight to win event here, which is like a pro grappling event where you're on a stage and you have walkout music. You, you and in it, right? I, I did the one uh, before that one. I did okay. the one right after I competed at Master Worlds last year. Um, I've done it a couple of times, but this last one I didn't. I actually commentated the last two of them okay. that were here, and I had a great time doing that. Uh, they do an awesome production. Um, but it's funny because we had three or four people compete in no-gi matches. Mm -hmm. You know, to put it out there, like, we have one no-gi class a week. Everything here is gi. Yeah. So there's a very small group of people that, that – work in nogi like do nogi regularly here and not necessarily were any of those those people like they just took the gi off and trained nogi to get ready for those matches but they all won their matches and they all won by leg lock so wow. then we got painted as the because i'm listening to like commentaries like oh fosters is a nogi leg lock school and it's like <laughs> no we're a gi jiu-jitsu school we just train in everything so we can be well-rounded mm. and we're open to receiving any good information and in, in using it to to grow and then I can my my way of looking at it is like I'm not gonna because there's a lot of people who will look at a certain technique and go no, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna teach that or I'm not I'm never gonna use that so I'm not gonna learn it my whole thing is what if I have a student that wants to learn that how am I gonna show them if I don't learn it mm. or also what if they're in a competition somebody does that to them and they don't have an understanding of it and they get caught that's my fault for not passing on how to do that like at least have to have a basic understanding in order for them to be able to defend it at yeah. the least but if i'm like oh no that that position's crap we're not going to work on that here i'm just hurting them 
I'm, I'm hurting nobody but myself and them in 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 that regard. It's it's interesting. How, man, do you, actually, let me make this point first though. Um, we I think we're in a like we're still in that world where like we run businesses, but you are but you are an, a master of the craft. Like you want to master the craft all the time. Like I feel like I know I know more than I've ever known, but I still feel very dumb. Which yeah. is a good feeling. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah I, I totally. Got to learn a lot. But I, you know, because there's two sides of this. There's like the, hey, you know, I, I bought a franchise. I hired the people and they're doing their thing. But, you know, like you're still, and and this is the world I love to live in is because we're business owners. But, man, I love the craft, though. You know, like in, in the things Absolutely. that you're saying, it, it makes sense because you're you're still in the trenches understanding the person, the student, and the client, you know what I mean? Like, and I, and I feel like if you ever lose that, even if, you know, I, I thought for a while, like the, sometimes mentors would be like, Oh, you know, you gotta, you gotta get out of business and blah, 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 you know? And, and then I did that somewhat, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, but I'm, I like, all I want to do is like run stuff and, you know, coach yeah. and, and do these different things. And, and I feel like once you lose the pulse of, you know, the, the industry and the people and your culture and it, you know, the, your environment, and I think that's the beginning of the end, you know. Uh, yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. And I think um, just being closed off, you know, being closed off to uh, actively participating in and, and uh, continuing to evolve is just hurts people in the long run. And you could uh, you could apply that to anything, anything in life, any you know. Just to me, I always want to have something that I study that I'm not great at. Like great point. I'm good at jujitsu, right? You know, I've done decent. I have a, have a nice yeah, academy. Yeah, I've done all right. But I'm still <laughs> like down here, like very low for where I see myself going. Um, but if you had to list things in my life that, that I'm at a high level at jujitsu, is obviously the highest level thing that I participate in, mm-hmm. but I think it's very humbling and uh, important for people to also do things that they're not good at and be trying to acquire new skill sets. Like me, um, I draw. So for me, that's, you know, the art boards right behind us with some sketches on there and everything uh, for the people listening. But like that's something I'm not great at. Like I'm good, yeah, but I'm not great at it. And I'm not to the level I am with my jujitsu. I'm, I'm maybe a, a purple belt in drawing, but a black belt in jujitsu. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing is I love to like. I don't know if you saw my recent Instagram post, but I've been teaching myself how to do 3D logo yeah, animation. Right. So I've yeah. been. I'm a holla at you. For I've that. been sitting down <laughs> with this 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 software I downloaded this free software and just going on studying tutorials like in my downtime like kind of kind of like working but even though I'm not working but for me I love the challenge of that and, and I love not being uh, good at something right away and having that struggle and getting frustrated and going oh man like yeah, last night I stayed up way too late working on I, I made snow you know, snow fall in front of the logo because it's the <laughs> winter time. And I was like bumping my head against the wall, like trying to figure that out. And I finally about one in the morning or <laughs> midnight, I figured it out and got it to work. But I think that's important. And, and again, that goes back to just always trying to learn and always being open to receiving new information and, and not not being satisfied with where you're at. 
in, I think in that's any, a, any area of your life. Yeah, you, you bring up this thing that, like, I've one of my favorite books this year that I read was called Range from, from Epstein's The Guy That Wrote the Sports Gene. And it, it's, like, all this confirmation of why, like, people – basically the subheadline is why generalists thrive in a specialized world. Right. And how people that have had a lot of experience in a lot of different things – are much better problem solvers. That right. people that have just niched in one thing their whole life are shitty and horrible when somebody asks them for their advice in another area. Because they're so sure about their not, like, like, oh, I'm so sure. And they're horribly wrong most yeah. of the time. But, like, when you've done a lot of stuff, um, you've really become better at lateral thinking. You have a, a pool of experiences and wisdom to take from that helps you construct, like, a better idea and plan and strategy. And so, you know, when you go, like, I know you love art because you know what is the 3D design is still art. Yeah, I love drawing art. Like I loved, I love drawing. Like I love art. I absolutely love art. But you know, I look back and I look at all the stuff that I've done, and it's been a lot of stuff. You know, mm -hmm. like, and I know it helps me in decision making and like going laterally and making and kind of figuring shit out. It's you know more. I mean? It's more tools for the tool chest. Exactly. You know, it's just another way of challenging your brain and looking at something from a different perspective which is invaluable in business and life everything else so for me like I find like honestly like it, I think a lot of times we I'll speak for myself because I know you're like a machine and and you go 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 but I, and I think I kind of know why because I've been trying to distill it and and figure and figure out and it's like well I'm not wired that way. I can't do what Luca does because he's so motivated and he doesn't sleep and he works and works and works. But uh, I noticed something with me because I've been pushing myself with this uh, learning this this 3D software and all of that. And I, I noticed like, because you get stuck in this rut, or at least me, and I know there's probably some people out there who feel this way, like especially business owners after you worked all day. Because one, when you're a business owner, like you're still working when you leave the the yeah, shop yeah. when you leave when I leave the academy like I'm thinking about it man man you can ask my wife I'm constantly getting texts phone calls answering emails from people about training interacting with my students on social media helping them um, talking to people being a life coach helping people navigate problems like it's twenty four seven right but it gets easy to get in that well oh when I get home I need to just relax. I need to just do nothing and just sit down. Like, honestly, I think that was leading me to, like, feel a little bit depressed because I've noticed since I've been pushing myself to, no, when I get home tonight, I'm going to spend an hour or two working on that logo and learning this software. Like, I'm happier afterwards. Like, I feel more fulfilled. It's accomplished, right? Yeah, I feel more, yeah, fulfill yeah. more fulfillment. Yeah. Like, I didn't just sit there on my butt and waste two hours watching TV I actually learned something new and got something done. And, and as a result of that, I feel more relaxed than if I had just gone home and chilled and, and done nothing. Because it's so I, I noticed that I need to like because you got to have the break and relaxation. And I think everybody does it differently. But I know that I need to plan it. Right. Meaning like I got to go to Banya. Right. It's planned. I'm going to go for a walk in nature. It's planned. I'm yeah. going to go and draw like drawing is the same thing for me. It's like it's all meditative. Like I could go three hours. Yeah. And be like, oh, shit, where did the time, you know, where did the time go? But I'm exactly I nothing. I thought about nothing else. Right. right. You're probably working on that. You're not thinking about anything no. else. You're just kind of engaged. Exactly. Into it. 
And so, so I think I'm actually relaxing without relaxing. Yeah, exactly. yeah. You know, you know what? I read this different I, type I, of relaxing. It, it, I, I always, I, I got too many book references in my head because I read. I love so it much, though because I, I need to. I've got seven and, uh, uh, audible credits right now, so I need some new, new book oh, references. I got you. Oh, I got you. <laughs> this is this is uh, it's called Give and Take. It's a, I think it's an Adam Grant book. But the example I wanted to bring up was like this, this one. Te- it's, a, it's a real world example where a teacher that wanted to make a difference. So she went to, I think it was like Chicago, one of the worst schools as far as like, it was just a tough school, like with the with the kids, the crime and everything else. And wanted to make a difference. And it was really challenging for, you know, she was like, oh, I'm going to make a change. And then at the beginning, I was like, holy shit, this is a clusterfuck. Right. And she got zapped, meaning like exhausted, kind of like, oh, the career is beating me down. Because she couldn't change the rules, right? She couldn't just change how everything, yeah. bureaucracy and how everything She went. had to work within the system within and, the how system. It was, and it was uh, how it existed when she exactly. kind of came in. And she couldn't make a change. And then when she went to, like, the therapist, it was like, I'm exhausted, right? Now, so the, the thought process might be like, well, rest. You yeah, know, get away, take a break, yeah. What she actually did is she took on and started her own little thing um, on the weekends coaching kids that want to pass these tests and grades and it couldn't afford it and whatever, but they were, you know, they were like, I'll do the work. So she actually added on time, like added on more work on what she was doing. Exactly. And within like a month, like she was like, I'm, I feel the best I've ever felt. I don't feel exhausted because she was doing meaningful, fulfilling work on top of this work that was probably stressing her out. So I think that sometimes I'm not, you know, I'm I'm a big proponent of uh, like, you know, getting your rest and recovery from training, from, you know, working, obviously. active rest. But yeah, exactly. But, but I think sometimes, uh, we can mistake those things, you know, like, uh, does that just mean that? I mean, sometimes it is not doing anything for people sometimes, like me. Yeah. You for can't, people like I was saying me and you, like sometimes not doing anything is actually a good thing. Right. Yeah. But, but, but many times. But that time, can't be all the time. No, it can't. And like, I was kind of getting into this rut where it was like all the time. Yeah. You know, where, it's, where it's like, like hey, oh, I do my thing, and then I, I yeah. and then I don't do anything, and it's like, I love like for me, like I love doing stuff that's different, yeah, and it takes my head out of it, right? Like that's the big thing is like not thinking, because same thing, if, if you're a person that's really into what we do, you know, I'm answering questions. All I mean, I, I you oh, know, yeah. from the gym, the business coaching programs, that like, I mean, and but I, we're we're uh, we're completely involved. Yes, within our business. Correct. Like it, it's not like it's not like this hands off. No. Um. Even even if and that's you know, where a lot of people fail. I, I agree. Like I absolutely they, agree. They, they, you know, the dream is to to get it to where it can run itself, but you have to realize that you need to be present within your business. Yeah. And I think a lot of people get to a certain level and then think they can you know, kind of back out of the business and not be involved to to the extent that they were uh, to get it to that point, and then it backfires on them. Absolutely. And the question is, is like, why did you build it? Like, did yeah, some people build a business to sell it. You yeah. know I mean? That, like, I think that kind of... I think I, I, I think I, our industries that we're in, though, like, it's it's hugely important to be I'm very, fully very, involved. And I think there's a misconception because of the growth and what you see on, like, you know, social media. is like this company built itself up and sold it. But in small business, like, you don't, you know, did you get into this business to go, like, uh, you know, I didn't go and get into it to be, like, I'm going to build Vigor Ground Up and I'm going to sell it for, like, no. $150 million. No. Like, no, like, I got into it. And I it. didn't get into it to, to make money. 
Yeah, that like, wasn't that wasn't my that wasn't your main driving force. It, absolutely, no. and and it's the same. I mean, honestly, let's be real. Like, there's a lot of different industries you'd get into. You know, if you looked at this statistically, you wouldn't go like, "Oh, that oh that one's yeah, gonna make exactly. us like a ton," right? Like, it was is is driven by passion and purpose and 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 more. Now, I I think you can. I mean, I think we've proven that you can do well in this industry very well. Um, and I think it's get. I think it's gonna keep getting better because I think that you know, um, it, it's they're young industries and we still haven't got what we deserve. Cause I do think that they're, they're so positive and influential in people's lives. Um, but at the same time, you know, I've, I've had examples of people that actually I used to coach and they'd get to a place where like, man, this is doing good. And then they'd kind of like for two years, not really be involved. Yeah. Right. And then co coast a little coast, bit, do the bare minimum. Exactly. Right. Like, yeah. or, or give somebody else, like just you do the stuff and, you know, I'll kind of be here doing some other stuff. And then two years later, you know, shit starts falling apart fast, right? And, like, I don't know what happened. I'm, like, yeah, you don't even, yeah, you don't know what you happened. Don't, yeah, Because you, you don't have the pulse on it. Like, yeah. you, you're never there or you're not interested or, you know, that, that doesn't mean that you can't, you know, uh, change the way that you operate. But, like, man, like, you can't just remove yourself. It's, like, the, the business, especially small business, even more so, it's, like, an organism, man. You know, it's, yeah. it's ever-evolving well, and changing and... I think and I think for you and you and I, I think that, you know, where maybe I, I differ from you and that I'm a little more laid back and don't have as high a energy in, in certain aspects. Like what we do have in common is that we like to have our finger on the pulse of what's going on and we like to have that certain level of control within our businesses and be sure. aware of what's going on and, and be involved and, uh, I think some people just either don't have that out the gate or they start to um, get a little complacent and, and kind of not maintain the leadership role that they need to be maintaining. Yeah. Um, it very much, everything comes down from the top, you know? So oh, yeah. I get a lot of, I get a lot of messages and it makes me sad because, you know, I, I'll get messages from people from, all over the world that train jiu-jitsu and they'll be reaching out to me because they're having a certain problem at the place that they train at and want to know, you know, want my advice. It's like, well, you know, what's the leadership doing? Have they addressed this? Have you told them? Yeah, I told them and they didn't do anything. I'm like, well, if that's the case, it's not going to improve. So you're going to have to decide if you're okay with it or if you need to move on. Like that's the thing because yeah. if, if if leadership just wants to bury their head in the sand anytime there's a problem, it's not going to get resolved. It's just going to fester and get worse. So and and the thing is, the business or any organization will only go as high as the leadership will take exactly. it. Exactly. Which which means that the leadership has to constantly, constantly grow and evolve. And bro, I've had more uncomfortable conversations with people than I can count. Yeah. But they were necessary conversations to have. And that uh, uncomfortability in the short term saves so much uncomfortableness oh, in the yeah. long term. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But it's like when, the, when a problem arises, it has to be addressed, and it has to be addressed by the leader. Mm -hmm. The leader has to do it. It can't be like have one of your, your, your assistants go deal with it because it's not going to resonate in the same manner. And it probably won't get resolved because it's not coming from you. Whereas if you have the benefit of the doubt of addressing the problem from a leadership standpoint and doing your best to correct and, and come up with a solution, 
most of the time you can you can take you know the control back and and take the reins and and correct the ship and and get things running efficiently again whether that be from a business standpoint whether that be uh, you have a, a student or a client who's unhappy about something and, and you want to, you know, do your best to help see them through it. Like you have to be involved. You can't just like, trust me, it'd be much easier for me and it would save me. I would get much more sleep and my stress level would be way lower if I didn't do that. So I get why people don't do it because yeah. it's, it's stressful. Well, but man. it's, a, and it's a short, but that's the thing though. Like, cause but, right now it's easier to yeah. not deal with it. Right. But slowly, it's gonna turn into a and big you go, man, fucking thing. Man, why is my business falling apart? Like you know, years later, maybe it's even years later. Yeah. And then you look Agreed. back, and you're like, oh man, exactly. This didn't get addressed. This didn't get fixed. Like it's the compound effect of the little hard conversations you didn't have it is. It that is. that will make it fall apart. Same thing. You know what's crazy? Like, I I want to say that. That goes for relationships. It's that goes everything. for everything, right? Like, and it's communication. Absolutely. Because that's such a, a lost art, you know, communicating and, and having face-to-face conversations. Like, I know I have this rule. I won't I won't do serious converta- conversations over text or, mm-hmm. or messaging, you know, Facebook message, whatever. Like, if there's a really serious conversation that needs to be had, something that needs to be addressed, it's going to be us sitting down face to face in my office, talking it out, figuring yep. out a solution. Um, but it's a lost art, man, because everybody wants to text. You can't there's text. There's no emotion con- yeah. conveyed into it. Like, you can misconstrue things. You, there's no context with text. You, you know, talking to somebody on the phone, even if you can hear somebody's voice, you can't see the expression on their yeah. face. You can't see the reaction you're getting when you say a certain thing and how they respond to it. Like, you got to be face-to-face for yeah. the serious stuff. I mean, there, I mean, there's a level to it, right? You almost, you go from kind of text, email, yeah, call yeah. to like face-to-face. But I, I do think, well, here's the thing. There's, there's something that happens, like if we have a problem, right? I did something, you did something. We respect each other enough to go like, hey, listen, man, like... You, you did something that wasn't cool and exactly. want to talk to you about it, you know? Like, yeah. And I'm like, oh shit, okay. But we sit down and I hear the hard stuff. You say the hard stuff. Yeah. And we, we wrestle with it. And at the end, we kind of get to an agreement. Now we're closer. Now we're better. I respect you more. You respect me more, you know? And especially when you do the stuff that you talked about. Right. That's how, like, that's how businesses and, and, and relationships and get built. Like, And that's uh, getting personally involved. Like the other route is very impersonal. Mm-hmm. And, really conveys how much or how little you care about the situation or about the person that you're dealing with. So it tells me a lot if you don't want to have that interaction. It's like, okay, that's about how much this person cares about their student or this or that. Like if you actually care, you're gonna you're gonna deal with being uncomfortable and having those conversations. Yep. And actually, you know, because we talk we're talking about books, you know I'm gonna stop yeah, it and reference yeah. something. Uh, Kim Scott, radical candor. But radical candor actually is a, the word means care deeply, challenge directly. Right. That's, it's radical candor, right? So if I, if I care about you, man, I'm going to challenge you to some, you know, you're saying yeah. some, some shit. I'm like, oh, come on, James. See, you got you to gotta do some uh, show notes for this episode. Oh, I'm going to do some show notes. And include all the, a lot bu- of the, the books book referrals, the book references. Hell yeah. I love it because you know I'm going to be texting you later. <laughs> what was that book you talked about? <laughs> it's in the show notes. Click it's the in link. the show notes. Um, 
it, I, you know what? Because it's kind of getting towards the end of the year, though. I like what are some like man? What's, what what like three big lessons that like this year you were like ah? Uh, it was like aha for you in life and business and tra- I, I, you know anywhere something that just pops to your mind or you're like man like what have you learned 2019 that was solidified for you, you know if you had to write it on put on your t-shirt you know <laughs> I, i've learned a lot of things but the one that stands out right now because it's it's uh pretty fresh is you know bringing my wife on board in the business and that was a a goal that well, we'd talked about it and you, you and I had talked about it years ago and it was something that her and I kind of had as a as a long-term goal but you know she got to a point in her career and I got to a point with the the success here of the business to where we we finally pulled the trigger and uh, what I would say is like the most scariest and the most challenging things and in, in that have the biggest unknowns uh, tied to them usually are a lot of the most beneficial decisions you're ever going to make in your life. Because honestly, like just since she started here in March, the business has grown 20%. Everything's, you know, things were already great, but now they're even better and things are efficient. And so, you know, I would say like not being uh, too hesitant about taking those big leaps if you have everything lined up and, and, and if, if you know it in your gut kind of yeah and, yeah, and yeah. do your homework yeah for sure this is not like we just jumped into yeah. it like and she had great benefits through the state like yeah. losing though and like having to provide benefits through the business and and uh, that took research and, and and all of that and there was a lot of you know financial making sure like okay can we is this reasonable can we do this like yeah. you got to do the homework but you know, a lot of people do the homework and, and figure out that something is a, a viable option, but that big change in the, the fear of the unknown mm-hmm. takes them back from from kind of jumping at that opportunity and, and making the choice to uh, take a little bit of a risk. And, and uh, But I can tell you, like, the reward is there. Yep. You take that risk if you've done your homework. Like, honestly, it's the best decision made uh regarding the business in many many years um the other one you know and this doesn't apply to to this year but just when you helped me with the business back many many years ago when we first met like the business was struggling and and uh you know you came in and you're like yeah what are you charging Oh, you got to raise that by like $50. <laughs> like what? $50 raise. Um, nobody's going to sign up. And it was like the opposite. I raised my rates and like more people signed up, you know, it's, it's funny how there's little, these little things like it's so scary, but you have to take those, those risks. Like they, they pay off. And, and here's the thing. If you take the risk, like, let's say, um, let's say I brought my wife on board and, man, we just got into each other's face and we were, we didn't work well together and, and, and we're constantly arguing and the business was suffering and all that. Like that's the worst that can happen. Yeah. And then, you know what, then she would have put her resume out and find a different job and I would have continued running the academy and, and, and you course correct and you move forward. And it's like, man, that's, at, le- at least you tried. That's right? the thing that I wanted to bring up when you said it was, uh, that's how I've made a lot of my decisions is actually 
thinking about the worst case scenario. Yeah, what, what's the worst that can happen? And it's like if the worst happens, and you can deal with and it, and we can deal with it and still move forward, then okay. why not? Why yeah. not try? Exactly. And yeah, that's exactly. what I told her before. Uh, you know, when we were talking, and like you know, the worst case scenario is it doesn't work. You try. We try it for six months or a year, and then you know we figure something out. Like yep. it's not. Like, people are too uh, crippled by that fear of the unknown. It's called it's catastrophizing, like, right? Yeah, like, and you feel right. like, oh, man, if it doesn't work, I, d- I don't have any other end. option. Yeah. Everything is like, going to fall no, apart. No, there's, there's options. A lot of options. <laughs> there's options. It's just if you close yourself off uh, to those possibilities to the point where you can't see those options there, then, yeah, you're going to feel like, oh, man, if this doesn't work, that's it. But – usually there's there's alternatives and there's ways to course correct and adjust like any high level uh multi-millionaire billionaire will tell you that they've like tried a lot of things and made a lot of oh, mistakes man. and failed a bunch like same way with, more than they want way to more be than they want you know? and like i can translate that over directly to competing like i'll be honest i've lost way more competitions than i've won but the the few that I've won were very memorable. Yeah. They were they were at the elite level, right? But uh, there was a ton of failures leading up to that. But you have to adjust every time, and you can't let it keep you from trying again. Mm. And that's where I think people uh, set themselves up to to limit their growth is like go in and try. Oh, it didn't work out, and then they don't make the adjustments, and they don't they don't take that risk again. And, you know, you can always take a risk and then and then course correct. You know, as long as it's not a life or death thing, yeah. you know, you take that risk and you die, then, yeah, you can't, you can't maybe try again. Maybe afterlife you try yeah, again. maybe. <laughs> Hopefully. But, you know, it, it, most things in life you, you have a little bit more control and influence over than you initially think. You know, a lot of times people get irrational or don't think about it logically to where, you know, the worst case scenario is like the absolute devastating thing that they can never come back from. I think uh, Randy Couture put it best in regard to fighting. He would say, you know, somebody asked him, like, you know, how do you deal with with the nerves or the pressure of going in and, and fighting in the octagon? And he said, well, before each fight, I ask myself, if I go in there and lose – will it be the worst thing that's ever happened to me in my life? He's like, the answer is always no. Always no. So it's like, okay, well, worst that can happen is I can lose, and that's not the worst thing that's ever happened to me in my life. So I'm going to take that risk, and I'm going to, you know, either grow from it or learn either way and and make those adjustments and move forward. I think big decisions have to have that. I actually want to share, like, how I, uh, when I, when I decided to buy the building, which, yeah, and that's yeah. something that you and I, like, we talked about that, like, probably five years ago, four or yeah. five years ago. And I, because I was like, man, like, this and is. You were doing I'm, the planning, you were doing the yeah. research. It's yep. like, it's not like you were just taking this leap. Oh, like, no. It was, was a lot of build up and a lot I'll, of planning. I mean, I did the due diligence on it, but what I realized was like, okay, well, I'm in a really good place financially, but now I'm going to bet all of it. Yeah. <laughs> on, on this vision, you know, yeah. and. And there was this whole, like, well, I and can it's play. it's scary, right? It's very scary. I mean, yeah, it, you, you know, because. You, you probably lost some sleep over that. Oh, boy. <laughs> it was, I mean, I, I was legit having nights where, 
where I was just sitting there and going like, you know, is this the thing I should be yeah. doing or not? And I but, went, but usually the things that are the most worth doing are the, are scary, the ones that scare you the scary most. The most, you know. And but I did go like I did go. Okay, here's the worst case scenario. And you know, this can especially with commercial buildings and build outs and stuff, it can happen. I was like, you know, we we start building it, something goes wrong. We can't get in. I'm just losing so much money. We have to sell. Like, the worst case scenario, kind of. Like, we have to sell the building. I lose it. And I'm basically back at fucking, like, yeah. not zero, but, like, I lost the money. I lost the building. I have to rebuild the business almost from scratch. And that was, I mean, that thought is pretty shitty and devastating, right? But I was, sure. but, I, but I was like, okay, but if, I mean, that's the worst thing that could happen, right? I have the motivation, the knowledge, and the experience to rebuild it faster yeah, than I ever have before. Exactly. Right? And as soon as I said, okay, I, it would suck, but I'm willing to do that. All of it just went away. Meaning yeah. all of it. I was like, I'm doing it. Yeah. And that was it. You know what I mean? Like, and, and, and I think if you do that in your head and, um, you know, cause you could catastrophize something, right? Like if you get in a, in an MMA fight, um, you know, losing choke out, get knocked yeah. out, uh, I mean, what's the worst, worst, worst? Well, you could die, but right. you know. But the the thing is, I mean, what are really the chances of that? Like, yeah. you know, statistically, statistically yeah. it's very, 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 very. But yeah. you could you listen, you have more of a chance of dying going out and driving your car. Correct, right? Like, and you but, you but you don't but you don't play that you in your head you don't every morning. Blink, you know, you don't even huh. blink at that. Oh, should am I, I go? Drive should today? I go to work today or not? Like, yeah. you don't, or, or like step off the pavement and yeah. you know, like there's it's just if you thought that way. Right, it's almost like a. Uh, I I believe it is like a self fulfilling prophecy, right? Yeah. Like you, you bring well, to when focus you dwell in the in the negative. Yeah, it, it, it brings it to you. Yeah. Like you, I mean, you get what you focus on, right? Like, so I, I think that. But it's important to understand that. You know, I was telling a friend if they're listening to this, they probably they probably might be like, "Man, fuck this." <laughs> but I, I was like, "Man, like if you're trying to get somewhere, and it's like you're in a tree and you're holding on to one branch and on the other one." And you want to go from one branch to another, right? And imagine one branch is where you are right now. The other branch is where you want to go in life, right? And it's scary. You got to let go of one fucking branch to get there, yeah, you know? Yeah. And people are, like, holding on to both. I can't I can't seem to get ahead. I'm like, fucking let go of the branch, yeah. you know? Like, it, it, you got to let go. And so you got to let go of who you are today, of where you are today, of the security of today. You got to let it go. Like, there's no, there's no guarantee ever in life that stuff's going to work out. But, you know eventually if you keep putting in the work and learning and failing and like yeah. it will, you know what I mean? Like, well, I mean, there's so many stories of, uh, that, that I've personally heard like multimillionaires, like these guys running these big companies that literally like the company got run into the ground. They were bankrupt, homeless, like, and build it back up and became millionaires again. I mean, I, I have an example of I mean, a, there's a, been a friend of, of mine that, you know, not honestly four or five years ago and people thought, that they were doing great, and he told a story, but it was like a million in debt. You know, right. had to sell off a bunch of stuff and just in a shitty place. And today, mo you know, soon, like I mean, the company's probably worth at least a hundred, if not a couple hundred million. You know, and like is gonna sell or whatnot, right? Like, right. And and that was like five years ago, and it was yeah. you know kind of this bottom from some success. You know, there was some success, and then it's like boosh. You know, um, and I can t I mean shit, like we. Our gym in Slovenia, I don't think I even even said this out loud maybe a couple of times, but like when we went into not the building we're in right now, but the previous building that we went into, which was a big 11,000 square foot space. It was right. awesome. And 
they, you know, we were like, hey, it's going to be a hundred grand in t- uh, tenant improvements, right? And we're not going to say, you know, what, what there was just a lot of shit to happen, right. but it ended up being over two hundred grand, you know. And I, I had to loan some money to them like very fast, and and then that wasn't the end of it because it was like, so it was more than double in TIs, and that could have fucked us up. But then the guy that owns the whole uh, building, you know, got in trouble. It was some, it was like. You know, mafia political yeah, shit. Yeah. It was, it was all types, of, and we actually had to, to go. You know, because it was very. They could have sold it any day. The bank took it back over, um, which is why we moved to the space we're in right now, which is a way better scenario. But I mean, there was so much stuff going on that in that time frame, it was very easy to be like, "Hey, we've had this gym now for eleven, twelve years in Slovenia, and like you, you know, it was the most known gym in the country for what we do." And all of a sudden, it's like, poof, you're gone. And we had yeah. to bust our ass and hustle. And, like, I, you know, I was out a bunch of money and still kind of am. Um, but I believed in it enough to go, like, hell, you know, here you go. Like, I, I, let's let's fix this. Yeah. But this, that's, li- like, there's, that's life. I can tell you scenarios left and right. You know, so many in the last, you know, 14 years of, of owning a gym of the roller coaster that we've been on. You know, like, when we started a supplement company in Slovenia and, it was, you know, great, but we were doing them, like, mixing too much of the finances. Yeah. And, like, and then it's like, hey, we're losing a bunch of money. Like, what the fuck are we doing? Stop doing that. You know, I mean, it, it's, we could, if we put a piece of paper down and just listed it all, like, I mean, even the last two, three years, I can tell you so many, you know, quote, unquote, failures, mm-hmm. right? Like that, that have just been lessons and course corrections and like, yo, we got to, you know, we got to change this. I got to learn from this. This hurts. This sucks. But, you know, it's. Yeah. It's, and I think, like changing the lens of how you view those things is important. Like instead of looking at them, uh, looking at them as failures, looking at them as opportunities to learn. Yes. And to, to improve and move forward. Just like if I, you know, get caught in a submission or something, I don't look at that as a failure. I'm going to figure out how I got caught in it and I'm going to try to not make that mistake again. And the question is, what's the opportunity here? Yeah. Like, that's what I ask myself. Because you got to sometimes rumble with it. You know, like, what do you mean? There is no fucking out. Yes. Like, what's the opportunity here? Right? And yeah. it's like, man, like, fix our customer experience. Like, it it didn't, it sucked in this realm, so we got to flip it around and make it way better. That's the opportunity is, like, we can make something really good out of something that was really bad. And, you know. I think people don't realize how, um, how much in control or how much power they have over how things are influenced through their own choices. Mm. And this can be a choice of how you handle a situation like that or how you move forward, you know, looking at what you have control over, what you have influence over, and, and taking those thing and things and utilizing them to make improvements and make adjustments and, and continue going forward. As I like to tell my students when they hit plateaus, I say the only way through is forward like you 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 hit a plateau you can quit or you can continue moving forward like of course there's going to be little things like oh maybe this is causing you to feel like you're having a plateau or most of the time when people feel that they've hit a plateau like it's an internal thing like from the outside we can see them improving but they can't see the improvement on their own because maybe they're looking at more of a uh uh, their scale of seeing if they've improved is is on too grand of a scale, and they're not looking at the little things. Because they're like, comparing, right? Yeah, like, hey, uh, would the you right now be able to tap out the you that started three years ago? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. 
Uh, okay, well, you've improved. Or does the you now know more than the you of three months ago? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I've learned a bunch of different things. And, and uh, okay, well, you're improving. Like, you have to scale and look at, you know, what what do you consider improvement? And what do you, are you only looking at the big leaps as improvement? Or are you really pulling back and seeing the, the, the little the little things that, again, we talk about the compound effect, yeah. which I'll drop that as a book Absolutely. recommendation because the compound effect is amazing. It's just how all these little things add up to be great improvements and great gains. I think it's beneficial to pull back and, and, and really force yourself to see things in that manner. And why even think about, here's the other thing too, like why do we all believe that plateaus are even bad? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. that's the that's the part of the issue. Like, with weight loss, I, I tell people, I'm like, you've hit a plateau, congratulations. And people are like, what? Yeah. Why? I'm like, man, because your body's fighting the change. Like, yeah. it means you're it's doing grow, the right growth stuff. through discomfort. Absolutely. You're doing the right stuff. Yeah. And the plateau is the part where, like, now you got to change some more stuff and become a better person and human being and, and a better at this, that, at lifestyle things. Mm-hmm. And then you'll break it. And the thing yeah. is, and it's going to teach you patience and consistency. And like plateaus are not like if you label it and go like a plateau is bad, then everything around that is going to be ne- like, oh, man, like I hit a plateau. Ugh. Yeah. You know, like the plateau it, is normal. It's normal. If Correct. you weren't having that, something's yeah. wrong. You're not Absolutely. pushing yourself enough. Correct. Like, you know, you're not trying to improve. You're not you're not you're not doing the right things if you're not plateauing. And, like and plateau is a natural natural on the path to any of, of life of anything yeah, it's any, like you think about great thing change you know like evolution it's like man it, it, it takes a lot of stuff to get through one place to the next one yep. i mean that's that's just um you know look at any i mean if you look at a human being obviously we know that but if, if you look at a company please show me a company that has been around for 20 years and they were just going up non-stop it's like plateau and drop and yep. up and it's just like this wiggly crazy line right and so I think that the way we frame things in our lives, you know, to come back to the, the plateau, there's a drill I call it like a spheres of control. It's people who start believing that they don't have control, right? And you don't over some things. Like, you, you know, if I walk out right now and it's snowing, I can't fucking do anything about right. that, right? But, but I still do. You can adjust how you react. React to it. Or, you know? Uh, you know, you can be proactive or reactive. Like, there's a lot exactly. of different ways to approach it. And to actually put it on paper, you know, because I, I, I don't remember who taught me this, but, like, um, I would just do can't control, can't control on a piece of paper and I write it out. And then you actually, the, 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 the drill is there so that you can see all the stuff you can control. Yeah. And then I'd write what I can do next to it. Like yeah. what's the next step that I can do? Cause can't control. I'm like, well, okay, no matter what I do or think about that won't change. I can't do anything about this, but look at all the stuff that I can control and do things about. It gives me power right it gives me power to go like i can do this right it's actually a, a exercise that i've given my students before and it was passed to me from actually funnily enough my uh my doctor like my general really? general general physician like uh, oh, and he's a super good guy yeah. and, and and uh actually like a really good person like i remember when i my insurance i was on my parents insurance and my insurance uh, was no longer able to be covered by them uh, under their insurance and and uh and I needed to go to the doctor I think I had some jujitsu related injury or something and 
and he's like, oh, just come in. Like, he told the gals at the front desk, he's like, no charge, like, don't don't charge him. And they were all confused, like, what's going on? Like, took care of me, you know, and made sure I was taken care of. But uh, one of the things he imparted to me at, uh, one time, I was telling him I was dealing with a little anxiety or something. This is many, many years ago. And he said, take three different colored pins, take a, a blue, a red, and a black pin. And he said, with the red pin, write down all the things you have absolutely no control or influence over. With the blue pin, write things that you have some control, some control yeah. over. And with the black pin, write all the things you have like a total control over yeah. and he goes you'll be surprised when you look at that paper like the biggest group is going to be the ones you have zero control or influence over then you're going to have a little little block where you have uh you know some influence and then you're going to have this one where you have complete control over how that that goes that was a very beneficial thing to like yeah. see it like you're saying see it written down it's like oh man i'm dwelling on these ones that I can't do anything, anything about. about. Yeah. I'm wasting all the, my mental resources on these things that I have zero control or influence of how this plays out. Mm -hmm. I need to be focused on these ones over here or at least have a little influence or have a uh, complete control over. And a lot of times, like, you have complete control or at least some influence over a lot more things than, than you realize. Like how you and I were talking about the... Um, Somebody saying, oh, I know, like when you tell them <laughs> something, it's like, well, no, you don't. Because yeah. if you knew, you wouldn't be doing it that way. Yeah, like, exactly. You don't know. like, Or you know and you're continuing Until, to do yeah. it the wrong way. Like, that's a choice. Like, I you feel ha like knowing. You have the control to change that. Absolutely. You know? And I feel like knowing is doing. Yeah. Until you don't, you know, until you're not doing it, you're not knowing. Actually, see, I got to pull the phone out just because. Oh, man. No, there's another, there's another book. Probably got um, 20 texts on there. Uh, man, I'm not even looking at that because I'll get in, I'll, I'll get I'll get in trouble. Mine's All right, blowing so up check too. Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm looking at the uh, well the the, the the author of this because like there's two really good books that uh, from this author. Hold on, let me find this real quick. Oh, Pema Chodron. So, uh, welcoming the unwelcome is her new book, but the one that's famous and I, I it is a fantastic read is When Things Fall Apart, and it's a I mean and she's a she's a Buddhist monk and um. But, like, the framing of what she talks about. Because in life, like, every day and every month and every, like, we're dealing with stuff. Struggles and things falling apart. Constantly, you know I mean? yeah. Constantly. It's, it's, That's it's, what I, 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 I tell my students. Like, you look at somebody with a black belt on and assume that they're perfect or don't have problems. So for the thing from the truth, mm -hmm. we're all human beings. Like more, more all, here's the thing, more responsibility more problems. Exactly. Like, I mean, that's the thing that I, I you know, I, I'll even be honest about this is like, uh, and I've gotten, I've gotten much, much better capacity over the, the years and decades of handling it. Right. Well, but you learn how to manage, you learn how to manage it better, manage yourself better and imagine, manage your emotions better. But is, you know, you think about it when you, when you don't have a lot of responsibility, there's not that much stress, you know, but then when you're responsible, like we're a team of nine, 10 people now. And then I have online, assistance and I'm doing charity work and I have family I help out with. And I mean, there's just, you know, and it's stack and I just, you know, signed a book deal and I'm doing another self-published book. And it's just stacking all mm -hmm. these responsibilities up. And the, and the thing is, you know, 
more responsibilities, more problems. And what you do is you just build the capacity to be able to handle like more, right? Because it's like the Luca five years ago would be crushed under right, the responsibilities right, right now. And that but the says, Luca today that says a lot too. I oh, mean. it does, man. Because it's 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 like it's emotional and mental and spiritual weightlifting. Yeah. You know, it's not just f- physically. We understand like you lift more weight, you do more volume, you get more capacity, right? But you got to do the same weightlifting with you know doing mental work and doing emotional work and doing you know like a, whatever spiritual means for a person. But um, like that's why I love reading things like man, I, you know. I'll read things like the Tao Te Ching and, mm-hmm. and, you know, and things like when things fall apart or the Bhagavad Gita or for lessons, you know, from these, uh, I would say, uh, or, or Marcus Aurelius, love stoicism, right? Because they, like they teach you to see the world a different way. So it's like nothing changes, just the way you see the world changes, right? Exactly. Like, and because of that, everything changes. Right. And then the stuff that we're talking about now is like, well, how do you handle these things? Well, if you just looked at it from a different perspective, you actually might see opportunity where you now see a problem, right? Like, and that's why it's so important to, you know, when we talk about growth, it's really easy for you to be stuck in one way. Like I, you know, I look at the older me, like I said, the younger me, but <laughs> years ago, decades ago, where it's just like physically, like I'm just, you know, training at Olympic levels and a mm-hmm. savage and eating barbells and like whatever <laughs> the hell you, you're like, Hey, Luca, listen, man, if you eat that, like that shoe, you'll run faster. Yeah. All right, I'm putting that shit in the blender. <laughs> exactly. You know, but but it, but it was a bunch of areas that I was not working on, like whether it was emotionally or whether it was, you know, spiritually, whatever it may be. And, and that, like, as things grew, hurt me, right? And it, it, so I had to learn, like, man, like, I, I got to be more more developed human being because the thing is, as you take more responsibility and you become, you know, you put yourself in a leadership position, now you're going to have to deal with stuff and have the hard conversations and things that we talked yeah. about. Right? Like it's and I feel like the, the, and this is a whole nother thing. We'll probably get on it. Like we could do a whole podcast on this, but like, you know, you hear a lot of talk about participation trophies and these different things. Like, like kids are coming up to where like they're kind of shielded from feeling bad. And I think that if you're always shielded from feeling bad or always made to feel good about yourself no matter what you're setting yourself up for not Oof. knowing how to handle life yeah when you don't feel good i agree like i, I wrote a quote earlier i was thinking about that and now i'm pulling pull it up my pull, phone. It, pull it up baby I, I like writing quotes i haven't yeah rele- i do too I, I, haven't, I, I haven't released many of these but i text them to myself i have like thousands of these Dude, you better. Uh, yeah, this so this this is me <laughs> gonna gonna challenge you to start doing more of that. So there's stuff. T- there's two of them I, I wrote this morning that came to me. Okay, I said if you're taught to always feel good about yourself, you won't know how to function when you don't. Oh, that's great, right? And then the other one uh, that came to me before that, I said the the first path on the first step on the path to unattainable perfection is to realize you're imperfect. Right to not like you know your, what's crazy. Don't put yourself on a pedestal. It's funny that you say that because I yesterday I put a post up on IG and I said hey, I'm the second best. The first best is me a month from now. Yeah, you know, and like and being able to, um, I've actually stopped even saying like I used to be like I want Vic around to be the best gym in the world. I've I've just stopped like call myself to saying it because. I just want us to be better. It's yeah. an infinite game. Yeah, best it's gonna is outlive a, us. Best is a matter of perspective. Completely. And the other thing to to realize is that 
whether they exist at this moment or not, there's always going to be something or someone better. Agree. Like, so, know, so the you, only thing you can a, chase. Whether you're an athlete, whether you like the only thing you can chase is bettering yourself. Correct. Like, c- consistently trying to better yourself. As, as Matt, like the one, I love that speech from Matthew McConaughey who said, you know, he's like my hero, you know, and he talks about like who he, lo- he who he looks up to, yeah. but who he's chasing. Yeah. So, you know, he's like, he looks up to his dad and, you know, God guides him, but he's like, I'm chasing me 10 years yep. from now. Me 10 years from now is the hero. When I get there, 10 years from, you know, the, yeah. my, my hero will be me 10 years from uh, another 10 years yeah, from now, right? Yeah, that's a powerful speech. I remember and that Yeah, one. it's really, really powerful. And, I, I, you know, and it's like if you really absorb that, you know, it's, 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 it's a cool meme or a cool quote, but, like, if you really believe that, you know, and, and if, like, and I've come to a place where I'm just like, I'm really working hard to be better than I am right now in every area of life. Like, you know, I'll, I'll fail this week and, and, and something will happen and I won't handle something well. Yeah, we all well, will, you know? right? It's called being a human being. Human being, being exactly, <laughs> right? Um, and we're, so it's like I said, it's, it's, being, it's not just being, it's like there's human being and there's being human. It's definitely yeah. it's being human, right? Like, and, and all I can do is learn from that and go like, man, okay, the next time I want to handle it better and, and have some conscious competence around that. And, and, and that's it. Like, and if I do that and I go like, how do I make myself better so I can make my team better and everybody around me better? That's the, that's the chase. That's yeah. it. You know, as soon as you start doing like the, well, man, like there's, there's, there's a thing to be inspired, right? I might go like, man, I'm inspired by James and how he operates here. I'm going to be inspired by you, but not be comparing myself to you. you yeah. Know? It's, it's a big difference be- between it. And, and being, being inspired is, is, worthless if you're not figuring out how to use that to do something beneficial too yeah yeah because then you're like, just it's, it's like i mean i see a lot you like see a lot feels of that good. it's a dopamine yeah, exactly. spike right it's like yep. oh that oh that was a cool and i think speech or whatever but like are you actually retaining that and, and applying it apply and because then what happens is the first thing that you talked about which is like you know, I'm inspired. I feel really good. And then you go do stuff and you're like, oh, I suck. Yeah. What happens, oh, this is hard. What happens when the inspiration isn't there? Exactly. Like, how do you handle things then? Because you got to do it. Like that, and, that shows that shows a lot about somebody's true character. Mm-hmm. Like when the inspiration isn't there and they still do the work and they still move forward, that that shows me a lot more than than uh, just the fact that you can get inspired, like anybody can get inspired, but uh, inspiration is like momentary. Exactly. And, but, and that's, that's the thing about mo- inspiration, motivation, More motivation yeah. is, is that it, if you, you know, the best motivation happens after you do the work, you mm-hmm. know, not be like, I'm waiting to get motivated. Well, that's going to be a fucking long way, yeah. you know, like, or, or it will be very, uh, put it this way. You're, you're, you're betting on these spurs of motivation versus, uh, in, in, James Clear, my favorite habits book is Atomic Habits by James Clear, by far. You know, and it's a super simple read, very, very well thought out. But, you know, he, he talks about, this is actually a misconception, but I wanted to bring it up, right? That, that successful people are way more motivated than unsuccessful people. And it's not necessarily true. You know, what successful people do is they eliminate distractions very well. So that, because the, the more distracted you are, the, the harder it is to do the work right. that you're supposed to do, right? So one thing about habits is that the easier you make a good habit to do, more likely you're going to do it. The harder it is a bad habit to, to make a bad habit, to do a bad habit, 
the harder you're, you're going to do it, yeah. less likely. So if you're like, man, I really got to stop eating the ice cream every day, right? It's like, well, take it out the fucking fridge, you know? Yeah. Now you can still go get it, but it's going to take you 20 minutes to get to the store, buy it, take 20 minutes to get back. So you're going to spend an hour getting ice cream. Yep. 19 out of 20 times, you're not going to get it, right? Like, you want to play the guitar every day when you work here, yep. put the guitar next to your chair, you're going to play it. You put it in the, the you know, three uh, flights of stairs away in, in the cupboard, you're not going to play it. It's all about making the choice to take action. Decision. It's decision. You right? have to, it's, it's, you it's, have to I, take action. I think, I think throughout the day you get, you know, people get flustered, but I go like, you only have to think about the decision. Like, right, like, I don't know, I'm going to drink this water, right? I just want to think about making the decision to do that right now. Yeah. And then wait till the next decision that I have to make. Absolutely. People get, like, flustered by it being overwhelmed. But, see, th these are all, all the things that, we, you know, we, we kind of talk about. It's like, throughout your day, you have to create structure. You know, Craig Ballantyne is a, is a great friend of mine, and, you know, he's, uh, people call him the most disciplined man in the world because he's so structured. But he says structure equals freedom. And I, I, I agree with that, right? Like, so if every, every day I, I read, I read, you know, mo most of the days I read 30 to 60 minutes, like on the weekends, Friday and Sunday, sometimes three, four hours sometimes. You know, if I travel, I read a lot. So I still read about, a, you know, two books a week there, there. But I structure it. I, yeah, you have to. You, I, it's not like, well, I'll do it if, you know, the day, if I'm not tired at the end of the day. No, like, it's what I do. Training. Feel like it, don't feel like it. It's on the schedule, you know. Hey, like, uh, sending an appreciation text to friends or, or, or hey, on the schedule, right? Like, I'm not going to wait for motivation for it. Like, if it's important, I'm going to do it. I'm going to structure it in my day. Yeah, you're never going to have time that you don't make. Yeah, that's a great <laughs> one. Especially yeah. when you're busy. Exactly. It's that's like, a great quote, too. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a priority. Absolutely. It's and prioritization and, and like, structuring and, and scheduling, like, that's something that that I'm working on is 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 that structure. You, you get in this thing like, man, I just don't have enough time. Yeah. But then you look like, especially if you you turn on the little analytics thing for your social media oh, usage on you. your phone, and then you go crushes you. Man, I spent over an hour on Instagram today. That was an hour I could have been doing this or that. Yeah. Like, granted, for for what we do, like if a lot of work. time, a yeah, lot of times work. we're on social media. It's it's posting stuff for the business or whatever, yeah. but. Still, there's a lot of time scrolling that, that feed. Goes, like, yeah, exactly. say if only th say if thirty minutes of that is work, and then thirty minutes you're just literally sitting there, scrolling the feed, getting those little dopamine spikes, hitting the, mm -hmm. giving them the little hearts on there, putting a comment. Like, you can do a lot in thirty minutes. A lot. I mean, th that's I mean, and that's still one of my my issues too, because because the work is on social media, a bunch of it is, but I I I mean, I can be honest here and say half of the time I spend on there is just bullshit. I mean, right. it's, it's just getting caught into it, right? But, like, if I think your life changes the moment that you go, you know, somebody, like, if we were here and you said, hey, I want to do more of this and less of this and I want to, you know, get fitter. And, and I looked at your schedule. So the two things, your, your, your calendar and your wallet, right? Your calendar and your wallet. And I say that because it's like, where does your time go? Where does your money go? Like right. that's gonna, that's gonna tell me in the next year where you're gonna be. You know, like man, I really want to get in shape, and then I look at the schedule, and there's no gym or no workout time or no activities. You know, hey, I wanna um, I wanna you know eat better so I can lose weight. Okay, cool. There's no no preparation in your week. Like, there's no scheduled time to prepare for how you're gonna eat that week. Eh, that's gonna be funky. 
right? Like, hey, I want to get better at like promoting my business. Cool. Show me, show me your block of time where you're marketing your business. Like you block it out. You know, I want to improve my relationships. Okay, cool. Where's date night? Where's, um, you know, family dinner? Where's date night with the kids? Like I got to, if the, the schedule's not showing it, it's not going to change. Yeah. And if, if, if it's you're not, if it's not reflected there, it's, it's, it's there's not. no way, you know, and same thing with money. I mean, money is like this hard thing to talk about for most people, but I, I, I go like, listen, if you look at my, like where my money goes, I'll, I can tell you right off the bat, it goes number one into either less like learning or time with people I care about. Like now, right. and, and, and the thing is, uh, and learning, I combine that with, you know, my team business, like investment in learning for me, my, my team is, that's it's probably number one. And like the people, like experiences with the people I love that, you know, and there's a lot of shit I can fix and make better trust. But you, I, I can tell you right off the bat, like if you hit up your, you know, accountant and, and you go like, Hey, like break it down to me, you know, uh, she'll say, well, Luca, there's a little too much Nike shit here. And I'll agree with that. <laughs> you know, there's a little too much Nike shopping. Yeah. And so hopefully Nike listens to this and understands that one I'm of the number one days. customers. One and of these sponsor days. Me. Um, <laughs> but, but it is like, it's, and it's hard to look at. It's hard to look at the stuff that you know is, is, is not working in your life. Right. Like, absolutely. It's, it's easy to well, back to that thing. It's easy to avoid right now. Yeah, you know? and you, what do they call it? Looking in the accountability mirror. Yeah, the accountability <laughs> mirror. Yo, you should, this, that would be the dope. We need to make that as a, you know how like there's the mirror now? Yeah. Where the mirror pop, like you're the doing the workout, mirror, the fitness yeah, mirror? Yeah, We need to do accountability mirror. So you get in front of it and the mirror is like, where the fuck's your smoothie? Exactly. You know, like, hey, listen, did you text your wife today? No, <laughs> fucking go do that. <laughs> like the, and don't be giving away million dollar ideas on here. That's all right. Won't, hey, listen, somebody's got to take action. On it. <laughs> take, I'm texting my guy right now. He's coding say, this hey. thing up. Um, but yeah, I mean, that, that's actually a great point. Uh, man, we could we could talk for forever. I know for forever. Right, so yeah, hour, hour and a hour half, half in, in, man. But I got We, we got to finish on some like okay. Uh, now this is this may go. I, I think this can be for all kind of service based businesses. I but for you, if you're talking to another up and coming, so you know uh, somebody that's been in jujitsu, like basically somebody that wants to uh, build what you've built, like so a successful business, you know, and like I said, it may be martial arts. And, you know, that's fulfilling, but also profitable and like, you know, it's doing great things in the world, uh, but all, but it's not falling apart and it's, it's healthy. Right. Like what would be, I don't even, I'm not even going to give you a number, just what comes to mind. Like, um, cause I, I, I'll probably add some based on knowing you, the things that I think that you do exceptionally well that I know, uh, have, uh, have helped you do this. But, but I want to hear it from you. Like if you're kind of giving this wisdom and advice to, to, to somebody, like what would be the things that you'd share? Well, you know, I've helped quite a few of my students now with um, uh, getting started with their academies. And mm -hmm. one of the big ones that I say is, is like if you know years out that that's something that you have that goal that you want to do, like start saving money like right away. If you can help not having a loan or, you know, putting a bunch of money on credit cards like I had to do, yeah. you know, to, to get your business started. That's incredibly beneficial. Um, and not only that, but, you know, estimate what the rent's going to be and all these different expenses you're going to inevitably have when you open your school and try to have like six months of that saved up or a year yeah. of that saved up before you even start the business. That's a great point. I mean, that way, you know, say you get in and, and, and you, don't build up your student base quick. You're not going to be scrambling 
It's like you'll have the rent covered for a year. Yeah. Rent, it gives you rent utilities. You got yeah. that cushion there to yeah. where it's like, okay, we got time to grow. Yeah. We don't have to be in a rush. We don't have to do, do anything crazy uh, because we're having the stress of that, that financial issue. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem with that is is people get impatient. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, but there's a space right here. And if I get a, a small business loan, I can open it up right now. And there'll and never be a space again. Yeah, it's like, exactly. No, it's like, no, if it's, if it's important to you, like you're going to be patient enough to wait and do it the right way. Mm-hmm. I always say you can do it the right way or you can do it the other way. <laughs> it's like, you can jump right in. Yeah, that's, that's great. Like there's so much more to this than having a space having mats and, and all of that. Yeah. There's a lot more that goes into it. But I always I always say make it a priority. Like if it's something you actually want to do, you'll take the time to, to save up and you'll take the time necessary to do it the right way. Um, so for me, that's that's a big one. And then also, you know, be honest with yourself and, and realize that it's going to be like however much, I always say however much work you think it's going to be, Realize it's gonna be like ten times. Yeah, I, I, uh, say ten, I say ten. No, times I say ten. No, I, I, you know what? I, I actually do think it it, 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 because once you, when you say ten times, it is, and I say like as soon as you go from coach, um, you know, and and in, in, in my profession or say my vocation is like you go from coach to business owner, right? You're doing a hundred more things. Yes. You know, so it, it is ten x because before that you didn't do all of these things that now you have to do. You know, and it and maybe it won't be 10 X the time. Cause then you, there's right. not, that's not possible, but man, you're, you're, you're doubling your time and until you like learn a lot of stuff and, and it is 10 X. I mean, it really is like, and it, you have to be ready and willing to be 100% involved 24 mm-hmm. seven. So like I say these things to them because I want them to make sure that it's the right choice for them. Correct. And they're not just going to be another Joe Blow who gets the bright idea to open up a school and then you see it shut down. Like the turnover of martial arts schools is crazy. Uh Like there was a statistic a while back. It was like literally like over 75% of martial arts schools that would open would shut down in less than a year. That's, like, that's almost as bad as I mean that's actually yeah. worse than fitness. Yeah, but I mean I would I would put that into the health and wellness space for sure. But that's close to restaurants. Yeah, right and there. I don't know what it is now, but I mean like, and back then it was like something like only like five percent or or less made it outside the first three years. It was like crazy statistics. Yeah. Like it, you know it, most people get in over their head because they don't take that time in the initial preparation. And like we were talking about earlier, doing the research, you know, yeah. figuring things out and, and, and not letting your motivation or your excitedness to, to jump into this venture. You know, you say the whole getting the, the cart ahead of the horse thing, like mm-hmm. you have to be prepared and you have to know what you're getting into. Like, and you have to, to love it to the point where like, it's your life. Like to do it right, yeah. It can't just be like, oh, this is my my fun hobby, and and so I'm gonna turn it into a job. Like, you gotta love it gotta no matter committed. what. Yeah, and you, you got you gotta yeah. be in a hundred and fifty percent. Yeah, because it's 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 something that truly, um, it's the greatest thing in the world. If if that's it for you, mm-hmm. like for me, this is this is it. Like, I love what I do. Like there's elements of it that are a job, but I don't feel 
it doesn't feel like any job I've had in my life. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm content and, and yeah. happy every day, even when it's like really hard work and I'm dragging whatever, like it's the worst day doing this is better than the best day Don't want at other any yeah. other job yeah. that I had. Right. So yeah. if you can truly say that, that whatever venture it is that you're getting into is going to be that for you, then you should move forward with it. If you can't honestly say that, then it might not be the right thing. Like if you're just excited and you're wanting to, to open up a place and, and, and dabble, like this isn't something to dabble with because you have to realize you are, you have the ability to have such a great impact on people's lives, like a positive impact through operating this type of business. Mm-hmm. And, and like you said, being in the industry of service, like service to others is big for me. I believe that is like why I am here yeah. is to help others. Yeah. And thankfully I've been given this, or I've worked towards or been given this platform uh, through which I can do that. And I think that's important is to realize it's not just about you and your success. It's about how you utilize this to help other people and to bring positive influence and positive impact to their lives and show them how they can take it through the training and through the principles they learn and use that to help other people. And then it's just a continuous cycle. And it's never ending. Long after James and Luca are gone from this earth, our legacy of positively impacting others is going to live on through the people that we've helped on our journey. And that, you know what? They, because I think that's probably finishing on a great point right there. Is uh, yeah, I did that on purpose. I know so you, did. you know. I know. Got to end it on a strong note. And you are swift, <laughs> my friend. It, 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 but I do think about like you know what is legacy, you know, and and it's easy to be like. It's the book I wrote. It's the business yeah. I left behind. But it really is every single person. Yeah. Like the thing that they took from you, that's the legacy. Yeah. And at, at your funeral, nobody's yeah. going to be like, remember that book Luca wrote? That no, it's going to be like, man, Luca helped so many people. Remember all the, the fun charity stuff we used to do, the boot camps, or, you know, or when you and I used to compete. And, uh, we got to do, do that. We again, didn't dude. do the toys that. for the kids and be send each other pictures of the full <laughs> shopping carts, trying to one up each other, like all of that kind of stuff. Like that's the stuff we're going to be remembered for yeah. and, and helping, helping people like that lives on forever. Mm-hmm. And that lives on through every generation after that. And the person passes it on, passes it on. That's never going to end. Yeah. And it, like I, the whole, like, in jiu-jitsu, like, people put such a emphasis on what titles they've won and, and this and that. Like, man, I can't tell you how many world champions I know that have the medals, like, collecting dust in some drawer in their house. They never take it out and look at it. It's not up being displayed anywhere. Like, you know, they, they say you're only uh, as great as your most recent achievement. Like, that's kind of how it is. Like, nobody's going to remember yeah. what you won or what you did. Like, they're going to remember those positive interactions they had with you. They're going to remember how you help people. And, and that's what it's all about. Like what do they say? Like people on their deathbed, they, they, it's like, they don't uh, wish that they had more stuff. They wish they'd spent more time with their loved ones and the people around them. And, and that they the material things no, is nothing like, Oh, I really, man, I'm going to miss my million dollar. It's well, like, you no, can't buy like, back time. No. man. Like, and so it, it's not, it, you know, and, and just doing like, you know, first of all, spend more time with loved ones. Actually, a lot of people are like, 
one said wish they had worked less, but really it came down to also that wish that they d- did more of the stuff that they wanted to do and did the work that right, they wanted to do. Right. You know? And I, I feel grateful for, for, you know, what we do is that like, man, every day it's like, all right, this is work, but is it, it's kind of like, yeah, you know, it's way more meaningful. It's not like true work, you know, it's almost no. like the servant leadership, I believe, you know, the, so the, the, the business side can be work yeah but what we do like as far as instructing and in coaching and, and all of this like it's just uh giving back yeah you know giving back to the community and, and helping others and you know trying to help people learn through the lessons that we've learned and impart that because i'm a big believer in like like i'll i'll give you advice and tell you something even if i know it's going to go in one ear and out the other it's not so much, um, you know, the advice is for you, but that whole interaction is also for me to, to know that I imparted that to you. And I did my best to try to give you something of value mm. that you can take and, and benefit from, or you can choose to just let it go in one ear and out the other, which people do a lot of times, but at least I know that I've imparted it. Yeah. And I've tried to share that lesson and, and tried to help somebody benefit through the, the, experiences i've accumulated over the years do not be a man of success be a man of value albert einstein excellent and with that said what a fantastic podcast and i hope that the stuff that we went over man that some you know something poked you a little bit and hit you a little bit and made you do something you know yeah Um, i always say uh like i'll put it into the example of a jiu-jitsu seminar like when you go to a jiu-jitsu seminar somebody's going to show you a lot of different cool stuff but and you're not going to remember all of it a month later because you see so many things. But if you took one little thing away that helped you, man, that's what we do this for. Absolutely. So going when you that thing, go and do it. Like I said, like with the Big Life podcast, every time I talk about when you learn something, just one thing, just go do it because it's going to move your life forward. And as always, you guys know, like, hey, like this, share this, leave a review on iTunes, honest review. You know, I always love that. Um, podcast is growing, but like I said, when you share it, other people get to, you know, hear this and, and learn from, uh, myself and amazing guests that I have on here. Uh, so with that said, you know, show some love. I appreciate you guys. I could, could be anywhere else, but you're here listening to this, which I, I couldn't, I couldn't love and appreciate you more for that. Uh, and I will see you. Well, actually, now you're hearing me on the next episode <laughs> of the Vigor Life podcast. Coach Luca is out. Peace. Guys, thank you so much. Thank you to Luca for having me on. I just wanted to say that if you enjoy what I'm about, I'm always here for you. You can follow me on social media at James300. That's James300Foster on all the platforms. Message me anytime. I love helping people, so I'm always here for you. And uh, again, thank you so much, Luca. I had a great time. My pleasure, brother.